Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. And now we're joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen, has some um, interesting updates for us this week. First one that stands out, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about it already, is the Tacovis pop-up sale, the Austin-based Texas boot shop that's going to um, sell some of their boots up here in Lubbock this upcoming week. Uh, What do you know about that? Yeah, so I only found out about that early last week, and they're going to be having a big warehouse sale. It's about that time of year, and every year when their inventory gets a little too full, they hit the road with it in Lubbock. Luckily landed on that map for them. So we're actually going to be seeing those handmade, Austin-made boots potentially going up to like 30% off. There's also going to be rare leathers and accessories. So it should be a pretty cool deal. We have a little bit of detail on there and a quick word from the company. So keep an eye out for that story. Do they have any other apparel or things like that, other clothing that goes along with the boots? I believe they have accessories. So you might see wallets and such. Okay, so pretty much just leather goods. think so. I ask that because it's, it's, it's very difficult to find a good pair of uh, boot-cut dress pants. Um, <laughs> it's probably kind of a uh, first-world problem there, but it is what it is. Are you a boot person? I am, but I actually don't own a pair of cowboy boots, so I might have to check out the sale. Yeah, it just seems like something that would be terribly crowded, but I'm kind of tempted to go check it out anyway. Hey, go for it. And then you've got some other updates on some uh, businesses coming in or just general updates, including one on this uh, Uptown Cheapskate. Yes, I actually met with the owner late last week, and she was absolutely wonderful talking about how she came into becoming part of the up the Cheapskate brand. And her big focus was on bring, keeping clothes in the running because it's actually one of those stores where you sell your old clothes, make sure they're all nice and clean and everything, and then they can get sold back. So you're actually seeing these clothes stay out for like 60% more time. Otherwise, they would just get thrown away or whatever. And whenever whatever clothes they can't buy, they will actually give to Impact, Lubbock Impact. So there's going to be a little bit of a donation aspect too. The interview was absolutely great, so we'll be saying more about that once the story goes out later this week. This is just uh, closed for uh, people of all ages, kids, adults? What, what do you it know? seems to be more catered to the millennial and Gen Z generation. So you're going to see kind of like younger styles, but not necessarily children. And it's also going to have accessories, jackets, such 
but not the kind of place where you're going to see a lot of the uh, barely used uh, Walmart U t-shirts that uh, you often see after uh, maybe um, a lucky win game. You might. Who knows? We'll find out more. And then I know you uh, had a good experience actually at least twice now at a new teriyaki uh, restaurant here in town. Yes. Um, apparently, Crush Teriyaki and Walk, it used to be in the mall, which I've only recently found out. And the owners had to close during the pandemic. They have just recently reopened. They actually opened their doors on February 11th, if I'm recalling correctly. And I decided I'd go check it out one weekend. And I was very impressed. I kind of have a high standard for food, and this definitely met the standard on both quantity and quality for a good price. So we're actually going to be meeting with the owners on Friday and talking about what inspired them to come back. And another aspect to it is that they've kind of become an overnight success. I mean, social media, they've already reached over 2,000 followers. Yeah, it's pretty good for a local restaurant. Very much so. And any other updates that you know of? Anything else coming up for folks to know of coming up into this week? Um, yes, we're also going to have another story on another restaurant, Rusty Taco. And the interview I had with one of their company officials actually mentioned why they wanted to bring it to Lubbock is because they had a wonderful experience in Lubbock when they first started living in Texas. They were with the Sunset International Bible School, but um, had a wonderful experience there. And that's where he celebrated his first Christmas. And so that's always been a memory that stuck with him. And when the opportunity came to bring Rusty Taco to Lubbock, he decided that that needed to happen. So we have more on that and more about the food and such, but there's also a really nice heartwarming element to it, along with opening dates. I'm actually looking forward to checking that out. I always like a good street taco. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Elena. Mm-hmm. And now we're joined by the Avalanche Journal's government and public policy reporter, Alex Driggers. You covered the city council meeting last week where most of the attention was on the Tech Terrace Planning and Zoning Commission uh, meeting. I know there are a couple of moving parts that our reporter Mateo Rosiles is looking into regarding the demolition of the Godbolt building that they're perhaps proceeding with. Uh, More to come on that this week. But one of the items that really didn't get a whole lot of notice from that council meeting was regarding Lubbock Power and Light and the uh, Lubbock area switched to the ERCOT grid in the coming days. Uh, What was the big update from that, Alex? Right. The city council took another significant step uh, towards the big switch, as we're calling it, to the retail electric choice in Lubbock later this year. Um, Basically, the council designated safety net providers who will uh, step in and provide service to customers if they either don't choose a provider when the window opens up in the summer or maybe once they've chosen a provider something happens to that provider and they're no longer able to serve um, that customer so um, the council designated and this is on the recommendation of the electric utility board of the city of lubbock they designated reliant energy txu energy and octopus energy as those three safety net providers Reliant, TXU, and Octopus are all designated as DREP, Default Retail Electric Providers. And those are ones that will step in if, say, I miss the shopping 
window or I just choose not to shop. I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. Then they'll assign me one of those three providers. Also, uh, one of those three providers will step in if uh, something happens. So in a sense, the council has kind of done some vetting for people who are procrastinators or just really aren't aware or aren't keeping up with their uh, with this task ahead of them and picking a, a power provider, right? Exactly. Joel Ivey, the director of LPNL, said at the meeting Tuesday that all three of these providers are really reputable companies and that um, any customer should feel like they're in good hands if they wind up with one of these companies. The Electric Utility Board and the City Council adopted some criteria, some qualifications for companies who wanted to apply to be either a uh, D-R-E-B or a V-R-E-B, which are just the uh, government acronyms for those two um, categories of safety net, as well as the POLAR, P-O-L-R, the provider of last resort, which will be the, you know, uh, exactly what it says, the last resort. So anyway, there were some criteria uh, for those companies, which included a questionnaire that um, representatives of those companies filed out, filled out uh, the ranking of those companies in the ERCOT market share. So that's important because uh, LPNL and the city needs to know that those providers will be able to handle additional load that might come upon them in the case of a, a D-REP or a V-REP or a polar event. Um, other things that were included were um, Offerings for low-income customers, community involvement in the cities that they serve as well. Understood. So the, I guess, uh, period for people to be able to start, uh, I guess, enrolling is in May. Is that right? Well, that's expected to take place late in the summer, um, that to open up. And there are also opportunities for... Um, for folks to meet representatives from these companies at, at different uh, energy fairs. I'm not sure exactly what they're calling them, provider fairs, something like that. Basically, open house events where um, I'll be able to go and meet uh, all of the different companies and see, you know, compare plans and that sort of thing. Now, you mentioned all those data points that uh, LPNL or utility um, officials in Lubbock looked at. Uh, do you know if uh, mascots played a role because obviously we are increasingly familiar with the uh, adorable armadillo that uh, Reliant pushes. Uh, just in looking up octopus, which I wasn't familiar with, I see that they are represented by a pink or a purple octopus. I'm not sure about T TXU, but what, what, do you th was this a factor at all? Uh, I don't believe the mascot was a factor for the city council, but it, it may very well become a council for or a uh, uh, a factor for customers. Uh, you know, those those marketing elements are, are you know, it's really a part of the um, w the whole retail electric market, this competitive electric market. Um, and so you're going to have marketing come along with that. And we've seen the the commercials and the armadillo. I'm a fan of the armadillo. I also think the, the pink octopus is absolutely adorable. Um, yeah, verdict's still out on TXU. I don't think they have anything. No. Of course, that's just that's not an endorsement of the company. No, no. You, you are endorsing the, the mascot, the, the cute animal. We are strictly endorsing cuteness of mascot. Understood, but obviously our uh, folks in the Lubbock media market will be seeing a lot more of this in the in the weeks and months to come. You know, and one uh, really interesting tidbit that I took away from the meeting, it wasn't really in my story because it wasn't really news um, as it relates to this, but nonprofit organizations in our community are going to benefit 
greatly from philanthropic dollars that are going to be given by some of these organizations. Like Reliant specifically, I know, has a history of, of being fairly generous with their funds um, for nonprofit organizations in the community. So there are benefits to this outside of just the electric world. Understood. Yeah, we'll be curious to see how this plays out. Sounds good. Hey, thanks, Alex. Hey, thanks, Adam. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at labaconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.